Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Marriage Radio. I'm Kimberly Holmes, and I'm here with your host, Joe Beam. Joe, how are you this evening? Doing well. I also welcome you to the Joe Beam Show on Marriage Radio. Well, thank you. This evening, we're going to be talking about how to know when to get a divorce. It's a touchy subject. It's something that our people talk about a lot. They talk about it a lot in the Facebook group. They talk about it a lot when they call us. It's a It's just a question that we get very often, and it's something we want to help you deal with. But before we jump in to the topic this evening, which everyone's excited for, I just wanted to remind everyone that you can subscribe to this this on iTunes. It's actually also a podcast as well as a live call-in radio show. So go ahead and subscribe, and you can also give us a review while you're on there. That would be wonderful. And I also wanted to remind everyone, last week I unveiled a new initiative that we're doing at Marriage Helper that I don't even think Joe knows anything about yet. (laughs) Always great to find out live on the the, air. The look of terror on his face. Well, no, I did it last week. Everyone else knows but you. So what we're doing is our prayer team at Marriage Helper. And you can sign up for that at marriagehelper.com slash prayer dash team. And basically what that is, is when you join to be on the prayer team, you are committing to praying one hour every week for the people who submit prayers. So we last week we had over 100 people join. We had over 40 prayers submitted, prayer requests from people. You can choose to be anonymous or you can choose to have your first name. So that's something that we're going to start focusing on more at Marriage Helper, just having a group of people praying for you every week. And it's turning out to be awesome so far. Excellent. Yeah, that was something that occurred while I was out of town, but it sounds good to me. I like that. Yep. So now we can now we can jump into to the hard stuff, how to know when to divorce. The first thing to remember about a divorce is this. Never, ever threaten a divorce unless you intend to do it. You understand that when we start looking at sociological instruments that measure things such as marriage quality, there's one called the dyadic adjustment scale. I know that sounds ridiculous, just a dyadic. What does that mean? <laughs> it's part of the language we use in the social sciences. And, and the DAS4, there is one statement that people write, and it's asked, do you ever talk about divorce? Because you see, as soon as the word divorce is mentioned by either one of the parties, either husband or wife, it actually deteriorates the quality of the marriage. And so divorce is not something that you want to bring up unless you're seriously considering a divorce. And to threaten the other person with divorce, if you do this, I'm going to divorce you. If you do that, I'm going to divorce you. Actually, it debilitates the marriage. It decreases the quality of what you have going on, what you have going on. So therefore, please understand that divorce is something that is a last resort. You do not do it early, you do not quickly, and you never, ever threaten it. And you only bring it up if that's what you fully intend to do. So, Joe, let's let's take a step back. Okay, so what if you're not the one wanting the divorce? What if your spouse comes to you and says, I want a divorce, but they don't file? 
they just threaten the divorce. Well, again, they have actually deteriorated your relationship by bringing it up. But obviously, you know that because you know the effect that it's had on you. That when the spouse said, I want a divorce, or I'm considering a divorce, or I think I'll divorce you, just the fact that your spouse brought it up instantly began to bother you. And you're thinking, oh, what's going on now? Not only did it affect your spouse's thinking, but it has definitely affected your thinking. Now, if the other person threatens divorce but doesn't go through with it, you have to ask yourself, well, actually, you need to ask them, what's going on? Tell me specifically why you want the divorce. Now, if it's because of the fact that they're angry about something, then you listen to what they're angry about. If it's because they're hurt about something, you listen to what they're hurt about. And then you look at them and very gently and calmly say, I have no problem with us talking about things that I don't do right or things that are wrong with our relationship. But I have a request of you and I ask you to honor this. Do not mention the word divorce. We can talk about our problems and difficulties without using that word. Now, if the other person is talking about divorce because he or she is involved in something, so maybe they are involved with another person or they have some kind of a gambling addiction or they're drinking heavily, then when they talk about divorce, understand that they're seriously, in all likelihood, seriously contemplating into the marriage. And if that's the case, you have to ask yourself a question. Do I really want to stay in this marriage or not? Because if you don't want to, and they're threatening divorce, then you can look at him or her and say, if that's what you wish, go right on ahead, go ahead and file. But if you want to stay in the marriage, that might not be the best reaction to begin with. Now, that's kind of a loaded question you just said. Do you want to stay in the marriage? Because when people are in a crisis situation, when their spouse has hurt them, when maybe they've discovered an affair, either because it was told to them or because their spouse told them or however, or if there's just something really terrible happening in their marriage, in that moment, they might think, no, I don't want to stay in this marriage. But what we teach to our people who come to our Marriage Helper 911 workshop is that there's actually a lot of things you need to consider when you're trying to decide whether or not you want to stay in a marriage. And it's not a decision that you make in a day or in a short period of time. It's something that you should think about, think of all the consequences, Think of all the things that go around it, right? Absolutely, because the things you say in the heat of the moment, when emotions are high and, and you're frustrated or angry or hurt or whatever, are things that you often will come to regret later. There's a process we teach called 10 10 10. It did not originate with us. I think it was Susie Welch who wrote the book 10 10 10. And it basically says you need to think about not just the short term consequence of your decision, but the long term consequence of your decision. And so it might be okay, I'm hurt right now. I'm mad. I'm angry. Yeah, I want a divorce. But the long term would be something that you really don't want. And so Kimberly is absolutely right. If somebody says to you, Do you want a divorce? The best answer to that is, I'll think about it. Let me get back to you on that. Let some time pass. And then ask questions like, tell me why you want a divorce. What's going on here? If you react emotionally when the other person brings up divorce or threatens divorce, then it's going to make things get worse in a hurry. It exacerbates things. Now, I realize when you're caught off guard and you're not expecting anything like that and your husband or wife says, I think I'll divorce you or don't you want a divorce? It's going to be awfully difficult to be calm because it caught you off guard. And an emotion to an emotional reaction is quite human. But as soon as you can get control of your emotions, try to be as calm as you can and not not operate out of emotions here, if at all possible, but out of logic. 
Now, a lot of people listening, I'm sure they're thinking, that's great, Joe, but I already screwed up because my spouse already either threatened divorce or actually filed for divorce and I was emotional and I did do all the wrong things. So did I screw up? Is everything done? So welcome to the human race. (laughs) We have all messed up and we will continue to mess up. Nobody does anything perfectly. Nobody. I don't care who it is. You can find the person like, well, if you look at Alice and me, we teach other couples how to make better marriages, but I'll guarantee you there are days when I really mess up with Alice and there are days when Alice messes up with me. Nobody gets it perfectly. All right, but let's move on to, okay, my spouse wants to divorce me because he or she is involved with somebody else, or my spouse wants to divorce me because he or she wants to go live a different lifestyle. In other words, living here means that he or she has to have some accountability and responsibility. And, and right now my spouse wants to go out there and drink and carouse and party like, like they were 18 or 22 years old instead of being an adult. And you're thinking, okay, what do I do when my spouse is threatening a divorce, wants a divorce, and should I give it to him or her? And the other part of that, Kimberly, we must get to soon is, okay, what if my spouse is not wanting a divorce, but is doing something so inappropriate that I can't live in a marriage like this? Mm-hmm. So one of one of the options that that you have and that some people say is that, well, you should you should be the one to threaten divorce towards your spouse. So the tables kind of flip here that you should do that. We don't necessarily think you should do that until it's a last resort. If you're going to bring up divorce, be ready to divorce. Now, I realize that people have different religious beliefs about when divorce is allowed. Uh, Just today, I saw online somebody was telling somebody else who was being abused by spouse, well, uh, you can't divorce him if he's abusing you. You can only divorce him if he commits adultery. And that's based on that person's particular religious belief. They're going out of the fifth chapter of Matthew and the 19th chapter of Matthew, which, by the way, does not say you can divorce your spouse for adultery. Those passages say for fornication, it's a different word altogether. Adultery has to do with the violation of the marriage contract. Fornication has to do with the sexual sin. But what I'm saying is they look at that and say, okay, so whatever else happens, you have to stay there and put up with it. And so he is abusing you. You can't divorce him. You stay right there. My response to that would be, I am a Christian. My undergraduate degree actually is in Bible, believe it or not. I have, I speak for churches. As a matter of fact, I just spoke for a a whole lot of churches in Columbus, Ohio, that from around the Midwest had come together for a big marriage retreat at the nationwide training center there. And, And they were from everywhere, all over the place. I am a Christian. I operate in a Christian environment. And yet I would say, while I'm a biblicist, I would never tell a person you have to stay in a marriage where you're being beaten and abused and your life is in trouble just because of the fact that your spouse hasn't yet slept with somebody else. That's a, yeah, that would just be ridiculous. (laughs) And and so much for your theology. (laughs) (laughs) So we do not condone that. However, also we, we also think that there are many steps that someone can take before finally saying, okay, spouse doing something terrible. I want a divorce and using that as a wake up call. There is a place and time to use divorce as a wake up call. And we're not going to go too much into it on this show because it's not the topic. And because we have so much stuff on our website about it, 
there's so many things that you can do. Last week, we started at the very beginning. The show that we did was on the pies. It was really great. Of course, I think it was because I'm the one who did it. But (laughs) (laughs) go back and listen to that. There are things you can start doing that have nothing to do with threatening anything to your spouse that can start moving in the direction of putting your marriage back together. However, that being said, there are some people out there who do all of those things and their spouse won't stop doing the destructive behavior. We often get asked this question and because often we'll have people call us and say, well, our counsel recommended that we separate for three months. What do you think? Well, obviously I'm not trying to supplant your counselor, but I would say do not separate unless somebody is in danger. You see, as soon as you separate, as soon as you start living in different places, he's living in the apartment, you're living in the house or whatever the arrangements are. Once you separate, each of you is going to find some degree of peace if there has been any kind of hostility. And once you feel that degree of peace, then it's awfully difficult to get people to come back and actually deal with the issues. It's like, you know, I'm through arguing. I'm not here on my own now. I don't want to do that. Additionally, if your spouse, for example, gets involved with somebody else, you could, of course, divorce him or her and say, that's it. I'm done. You're involved with somebody else. I'm going to divorce you. We try to help people instead of divorce, put their marriages back together. The reason being that if you can get past the infidelity and actually put your marriage back together, it will be stronger than it was before the affair. Not, not, not because of the affair, but because of the things you have learned about yourselves, your relationship, the weaknesses, the strengths, the things you need to make better, those things will make it stronger in the mean, uh, as a result, not because of the affair, but because of what you learned because of the affair. And so people say, then, then if I divorce, I mean, if uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. If my spouse is involved with somebody else and I tell them, get out, isn't that the right thing to do while he's involved with somebody else? If you want to save the marriage, not necessarily, because now you've taken away culpability and responsibility, and the person can now go do whatever he or she wants to do. Whereas if they continue to live in the house, if they choose to live there with you, then at least they have some culpability and responsibility. Now, I would not advocate that you continue to let them live with you if they continue to sleep with the other person. There comes a time when you have to make decisions. You have boundaries. We're actually going to do a webinar tomorrow night on boundaries. Is that correct? Tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And how can people find out about that webinar if they choose to listen to the show on boundaries? They can go to marriagehelper.com slash webinar dash boundaries and register there. Okay. Say that one more time. Marriagehelper.com slash webinar dash boundaries. And that way you can be on that. And we'll talk about boundaries tomorrow night. So I'm saying uh, we recommend don't separate because it actually will make it more difficult to solve the problem if you can live together. But if the other person continues to do things that are unacceptable, you may have to ask him or her to leave. And can there come a time when you finally say, that's it. You're still involved with her. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I have tried my best. Or you're still involved with him. Or I can't handle the fact that you won't go to AA and get help for your drinking and your drunkenness. You drove drunk with the children in the car the other day, or you've been arrested now for your third DUI, or I can't handle the fact that you are addicted to spending money and you keep us right at the edge of bankruptcy and I can never pay off the debts and I can't live like that any longer. There's there come a time when you say, that's it. I'm done. I can do no more. And my response is yes. But as Kimberly was saying, 
there are a lot of things you need to do before that, because if there's a possibility of saving your marriage and rescuing your spouse from the destructive behavior, everybody is better off. You, your spouse, your children, if you have them, your families, your friends, it helps to solve problems and save marriages, if at all possible. 99% of the time when anyone on our staff recommends the possibility of filing for divorce as a wake-up call, it is for the intention of, yes, you do need to be willing to go through with the divorce if you offer it, but also because filing for divorce can bring about consequences that you can't create other ways. Therefore, many times during the process of divorce, it will cause the other person to wake up, so to say, and realize, wait a minute, I don't want to lose all of this. I don't want to do any of that. But as Joe would say, in order for that to happen, you need to find a really great lawyer. Absolutely. And understand that while you might think, okay, I'm going to bring you about the ultimate consequence, which is going to straighten this other person out, and now we're going to solve this, that may not be the consequence. If you file for divorce, it may not at all straighten him or her up. And therefore, as Kimberly already said, and I'm emphasizing again now, if you choose to file for divorce, you better be ready to divorce. I just want to do a quick plug here. We have a a 10-week course called the Save My Marriage course, and we just started it in the middle of this year. I think our first group started in the the very beginning of August, and it has been amazing. I mean, I knew that it would be helpful for people, but I didn't realize how awesome it would be for people. And I'm not just saying that because I work for Marriage Helper. It has a secret group on Facebook that's anonymous, can't be found. And the group that's in there has gotten so close and bonded so much and amazing things have happened. There has been, going back in that 10 weeks, we teach you all of these things. I don't ever think we even mention divorce. If we do, it's it's like we are now. As a last-ditch effort, something you don't want to go to. But we spend 10 sessions in-depth teaching you all of the things that you can do in detail, help you make a plan, help you do all of these things. It's very thorough, very deep. And you can ask if you're in the Save My Marriage group on Facebook. There's people in there that are part of it. You can ask them how they like it. They'll be completely honest with you. Um, and I'm, I know that because they're honest in the, in the other group. They've seen amazing things happen. We actually have a workshop, a 911 workshop coming up this weekend. 25% of the people coming to that workshop are coming because they're in the Save My Marriage secret, the, the course, the 10-week course. And through that course, they've gotten their spouse to re-engage back in the marriage, to agree to come to the workshop and a hundred percent of what you pay towards that towards that course goes to the cost of the workshop. So it's a win-win situation. So there are two Facebook groups. I hope you heard that. One is called Save My Marriage. You, uh, it's one that you can't see what people post unless you're a part of the of that group. But you can apply to be a part of the group. You can go look for Save My Marriage. It's got like seventeen hundred and fifty people in that group. And right there's twenty-two pending requests right now. Uh, and we just started it five or six months ago, and it's already almost 2,000 people. But if you want to go to that one and you apply, and, and what we'll do is we'll look at your Facebook page. People on our team will look at your Facebook page to make sure that you're not one of these troublemakers out there. Mm-hmm. And then they'll let you into that group, and nobody can see what you post there except other people in that group. Now, 
The second group Kimberly talked about is if you take the course, and that's a secret group, and you can't even find it by looking for it, you have to be invited into it. So now it's time for our first call. Let's go to area code 404. Hello, you're on the Joe Bean Show. Hey. Uh, hang on, let me switch to uh, answering. Okay, I'm having trouble hearing you there. Are you on a speakerphone, perhaps? Uh, uh, I hear you better, more. yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, I've got uh, a couple of questions, I guess. Uh, my wife has filed for divorce in uh, the beginning of August, so we're going through, you know, the battle of uh, making the lawyers rich right now, basically. Um, and I don't want the divorce. Uh, what caused it was I am a recovering sex addict and, uh, and have a series of affairs, and that, that was the last straw, I guess. Um, and then, um, so who had had the affairs? What was that? Who had the affairs? You or, or your I spouse? Okay. Well, um, I did. Uh, I have another uh, part to that. So I guess what I want to know is I still want to fix the marriage. I've cut off all the affairs. I'm, you know, in counseling and been sober for uh, uh, about three and a half months or so. Um, and I don't want the divorce. Like, I can fix everything and all that. But um, I guess my first question is um, most of the people that I've seen through the website, uh, through Facebook and the calls and everything are from the opposite perspective of, you know, trying for the spouse to have the divorce or mm-hmm. the uh, affair. Um, and I guess statistically, is your class something that would be valuable for us if I can get my wife to go? And then, um, yeah, so I guess that's the first part of the question. And and the first answer to that is yes. On our team that does our workshop, we have people on our team who have had affairs. We have two different men on our team who back in the past had affairs and one woman on our team who in the past had affairs. And then we have their spouses, uh, one, one wife and one husband whose spouse have had affairs. And they're all on the team and they're all at the workshop, which means that that whether you're the person who was involved in, in the infidelity or you're the person who was hurt by the infidelity, there are people at the workshop who are on our team who have been where you are, no matter which person that you are. And we don't beat up people for what they've done in the past. That's, you know, what's done is done. We try to help both spouses understand how did that happen and how can you make sure it doesn't happen again How can you build your relationship to the strongest possible way? How can you forgive? How can you forgive and get past the past? And how do you deal with your hurt? How do you deal with your anger? How can you put this relationship back together? And so in answer to your first question, yes, it would be very appropriate for both you and your wife. Okay. That's what I was thinking about. Like I said, most people are coming from, you know, trying to get the person that had the affair to go not down mm-hmm. so That's great. The, but we have a lot of the other. Okay. We have a lot of people who had the affair trying to get to who get their spouse to come with them. So quite a few, believe it or oh, not. Excellent. Part of the question is, um, I have been suspicious since my wife filed. Um, and then she actually just this past move weekend moved about an hour and a half away from our home um, into an apartment. But there's... Um, 
a suspicion that he has at least having an emotional affair, if not a physical affair, with somebody who was a friend of ours. Um, and then just this evening, I found out some evidence that when she moved, she was going to take a week vacation. And then this guy that uh, I thought she was actually possibly having a affair with also was taking a week vacation this week. Um, and so I'm suspicious that, like, even more suspicious than I was before, that there um, is at least an emotional affair, if not a physical affair. Um, right. Is that... With that knowledge, is that something that is helping for me to, like, say, um, somehow, you know, find out more about? Like, I can get in contact with his, the guy's wife. He's separating from his, you know, and a divorce too, um, so I can get in contact with his current wife. Okay, uh, let me other let me make sure. sure. Let me make sure I understand exactly what you're asking. Are you asking if if it's a wise thing for you to talk to the other guy's wife? Is that what I heard you say? Well, um, maybe not necessarily the wife, but is it wise for me to look further into it to see if she's actually having an affair? If if you do, uh, here let me tell you some of the potential negatives from that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Even already, I imagine I'm, I'm guessing at this, but already she's looking at you as not trustworthy because of, yes. of what happened. And and if she feels that you have been sneaking around and violating her privacy, that's going to exacerbate that view of you. It won't be, okay. yes, I'm doing something wrong. It will be, how dare you do that after what you've done to me? In other words, I don't, I don't think it would benefit you or the possibility of you putting it back together with her for you to pursue that. If she is involved with this other guy, how, how long has she been gone from you? Um, she moved out at the beginning of August. Okay. So it's relatively recently. If she's involved with the other guy, then it probably, and, and of course I'm just speaking of principles here because I don't know your wife, but if she's involved with the other guy, it could well be that, that this guy knew how to read the pain. You know, here's a woman who's hurting in pain and she's angry and this guy knew how to read Mm -hmm. it and took advantage of it. There's also a possibility yeah. that, that he had the same kind of pain and therefore the two of them just wound up together. Uh, either way, if, if we could get the two of you to the workshop and, and I don't, our workshop is not the be all end all. It's not perfection. I'm not trying to say that it is, but it's really good. And if we could get the two of you there, I really think that we could help both you and her understand a lot about what's going on and how to fix it. So in my opinion, I think if you try to dig more into finding out what's happening with this other guy, you increase the likelihood of her getting even more angry with you and accusing you of being even more trustworthy and it working against you rather than for you. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry for your pain, my friend. I really am. And if, if, if we can't, if we can't help you, I hope that you find somebody who can help you. Yeah, I mean, uh, read all the article, uh, many of the articles on your website on how to, you know, sort of barter, you know, to get the spouse to go to the um, the clinic or, you know, whatever. But um, I know that she won't do like any kind of long term counseling. So this is kind of a, um, I have pitched it to my lawyer to see if he can somehow put it in there. But I don't, uh, I'm not really sure. So. Um, and, I, just from the testimonies and stuff I've heard about your guys' uh, program, I'm really, uh, you know, hopeful. Um, but I'm hopeful.
hopeful you know? for you as well. Can you just give me a first name to call you by? Just a first oh, yeah. name. Kevin. Okay, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, my heart is with you. I, I, I truly hope this works out for you. I would love to see you guys put this back together. And and as long as your attorney understands what you're trying to do, then then let your attorney be the gladiator and do the fighting. Okay. All right, my friend. I, I pray that things work out for you, okay? Okay, thank you, too. All right, thank you. Okay, my heart breaks for that young man. Our next caller is area code 360. Hello, area code 360. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi there. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Is that a, is that a, is that a television in the background or a radio or... Oh, I went into another room. Hopefully, you don't oh, hear good. it now. Oh, <laughs> good. Good. I get confused <laughs> enough as it is. <laughs> Can you give me a first name to call you, please? Uh, yeah, Ann. Hi, Ann. How can we help you tonight? Um. So. Um, I've told him that I forgive him because I love him. I think he's a good person that did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's admitted that what he did was wrong, um, mm-hmm. but he's never apologized for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes out on sales calls. He has a full-time job and then in the evening he goes out on sales calls and, or he'll, he'll go to the gym. And I, I don't know if he's still involved with this mm-hmm. other person. Um, he has text messages a lot. Um, he tells me they're from various guy friends or uh, prospective clients. Um, I guess what my problem is I have a trust issue. And uh-huh. I don't want to sneak, sneak around and see what he's doing. I want to be able to trust him. I, right. I, I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> right. Okay, and I understand, and I'm I'm so sorry. Does does he want to maintain the marriage? Does he want to save the marriage and work things out? It seems like he does. Um, he, Has he, he said changed. that he does. Has he said that he does? No, but no, but his actions have. Okay, he's he's at least trying to spend time with me. Okay, um, that's good. How long have you been married? Thirty nine years. Thirty nine years. I hear the pain in your voice, and I'm so very sorry for your pain. And what I would recommend, and and of course, as we always tell people, you must make your own decision. I can't make your decisions for you because I don't know all the nuances of your situation. But but what I recommend is this. It's to sit with it down with him and say, okay, you know that I'm hurt, and, and these are some things I need from you. Will you please do these things for me? Number one, you you said that you're sorry that you did it. But I, I need for you to ask me to forgive you. I, I just need to hear you say I was wrong. Please forgive me. Can you do that? Then a second thing, if after assuming that goes well, the second thing is you must understand I'm having some real trust issues. And so can we work out some kind of a system so that, that when you need to go out on your sales calls at night, et cetera, can we work out some kind of a system that can give me peace of mind I'm not, I'm, I want to trust you. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying, based on what's happened, surely you can understand that, that I have some, I have some real problems here. Would you please 
work out with me a system to give me peace of mind. Now, if you were to do those two things, number one, I need for you to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Number two, I need for you to work with me to work out a system where I can have peace of mind. How do you think he would respond? I don't know. Um, possibly defensive, but I don't know. He okay. has a lot of problems at work, too, and he's very good at what he does at work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a lot of the guys in upper management are jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, he's He's gone through a lot of jobs in the last 10 years because of that mm-hmm. reason. And and well, he doesn't plot his knowledge. He tries to help. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's more they're possibly afraid he may take their job. Well, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Let me ask you a question about you though. If if he won't do those two things, is that okay with you? It would leave me right where I am, and and right and right where no, you are. I need the is, piece, is tearing I need you the apart. Peace of mind. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I'm suggesting that you make some kind of a definitive move. Not, I'm not wanting to cause more problems in your marriage. I'm I want to help save marriages, not cause more problems. But I'm hearing the pain in your voice, and and I understand the situation you're describing. And it sounds to me like if you continue to live like this, it's just going to rip you to shreds. Is that right? It has been. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not going to get better unless you do some things to make it better. Now, are you strong enough emotionally to calmly but firmly ask him for those two things? I believe so. Good. Good. You sound to me like an intelligent person, and it sounds to me like you've got some strength. Obviously, you're in pain, and that pain's showing, and and I'm so, so sorry for the pain that you feel. But again, as I've always said, and I have to repeat this on the program several times, it's your decision. I cannot tell you what to do, but I strongly suggest that that you sit down with him, and, and when it's not rushed, when you have plenty of time, and say, look, I'm, this is not an attack on you. This is what I need. I'm asking you, please do these things for me and come at it from your perspective, not his, but yours and, and be firm. And if he was to say something like, well, uh, you don't need that. Then you respond, well, actually, yes, I do. And well, I don't know how to do that. Your response would be, you know, I'm not quite sure how to do it either. That's why I'm asking you to help me. Let's work it out together. We together can find a way to do this. Now, if, if the two of you can't find a way to do it, then there are people out there who are good coaches who could help you find a system that would be of comfort to you and him, where he wouldn't feel like he's being treated like the evil person at the same time that you could have the comfort that you need. But it has to start with you being very calm, very kind, but very firm and always putting it in perspective of you. I need this for me. Will you please do this for me? Please understand what I need. And if anything works, that's the thing that's most likely to work. Okay. All right. Tell yeah, I appreciate that advice. All right. Here's what I'm asking of you then. Give it a shot and please call me back and let me know if it works. 
I'd really like to know. I think it will. I hope it will. But if it doesn't, maybe we, the two of us can figure out something else to try if it doesn't. How about that? Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, Lord willing, I'll be right back here this time next week. And hopefully by then you'll have some idea. Okay. I, I would like to say one thing, and that is for everyone out there, I hope they have a, a relationship with God <laughs> because he's been my only strength. He's been my main strength. Obviously, with as, as touchy a situation as this situation is, you don't want to share it with everybody. And not everybody needs to know, in my opinion. Maybe I'm That's wrong. Correct. But I know God knows. And I know he I has my back. <laughs> I think you're very wise. And, I agree. And if it weren't for that, I would probably be in a mental institution. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want you to be in a mental institution. So please give that a try. And, and I'd love to hear back from you, okay? Sure. Thank you for your time. Okay, and thank you. May God be with you. Okay, and now we're going to area code 423. Hello, area code 423. You're on the Joe Bean Show. Hey, can you hear me? I can. Can we have a name okay. to call you by? Yeah, my Jeff. Jeff. Uh, hi, Jeff. How can we help you this evening? Hey, uh, well, I don't necessarily have a question about divorce, but I wanted to ask you a question about what you were talking about before. Um, You know, you said that you would not separate, um, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, when I found out about the other uh, man, um, Mm -hmm. I just got all caught up in it. And it was almost immediate when I confronted her about it and she said she admitted to it and then it was like she immediately wanted me out of the house hmm. and either she was going to leave and take the kids and go to her mother's or, or I needed to get out. Um, and I didn't want my children to have to be out of their own home. So I did choose to get an apartment really close by, but I felt like I have as another mistake that I made going through this, um, you know, and, and I just wanted, you know, I had mentioned or kind of brought up before about getting back in the house and she still was adamant that that would be fine if you came home, but I will be going, I will move out. So, uh, I just don't know if, but luckily, um, she has agreed to come to the, uh, November, um, workshop, um, Excellent. Good about that, um, but I don't think she's very confident in it, or, or if she's begrudgingly going, um, just to mm-hmm. feel like she's she's um, you know at least can say she tried. Um, but um, I guess I, my question is, I guess I shouldn't try to push getting back in the house, or to even try to push anything, even like boundaries or anything at this point, just as long as I know she's coming to the workshop and just try to get to that point. You think that's the best plan? I do. I do think that's the best plan. Um, If, if it, if she hadn't agreed to get some help like that, or at least, you know, and, and the fact that she's coming just to clear her conscience or whatever, that's great. About eight out of 10 of the couples that walk into our workshop, 
one of them's there there for a reason like that, either because they were offered a better deal in the divorce or because they can tell the kids they tried everything or or whatever. So about eight out of 10 couples there, at least one of them feel that way. Yet since 1999, the success rate, and, and, and I just thank God for our success rate, is three out of four couples. And so when you think that most of them walk in the door with one of them saying, I don't want to save this marriage, I'm here for some other reason, and the success rate of three out of four of them are still married seven years later, that's pretty good odds. We're not perfect by any means. I'm not trying to say we are, but since she's agreed to come, it doesn't it doesn't scare us at all that her motivation is not to save the marriage. It doesn't scare us one iota. And if after you come to the workshop, you do need some uh, help me think through some things about should I try to get back in the home? Should I try to do this? Should I do that? I, we'd be glad to help you with that. Not necessarily just on the program here, but you'll know us then and have access to our marriage coach and things like that. And, and we'll be glad to help you think those things through. But based on the fact that she's willing to come and that's just what about five weeks away, something like that. Yes. November. Yes. My, my suggestion. And of course you must do what you think is right. But my suggestion is that you follow your in, initial instinct there. Since it's just five weeks away, don't rock the boat. Uh, don't do anything that would give her any motivation or excuse not to come. And, and I'll guarantee you that we'll treat her with respect. We don't twist anybody's arms. And, and if she has any hesitation about that, just say, I, you know, I know they won't twist your arms. We obviously exist to try to help people save their marriages, but we do it with respect and dignity. We don't try to force anything on anybody. And that's one of the reasons we are so successful. So I'm glad you're coming. I look forward to meeting you. I'm glad that we're going to get a shot at trying to help the two of you figure this out and work this out. If Absolutely. for some reason it doesn't, and I pray that it does, I pray that you're in that three out of four, but if for some reason that doesn't, we can help you think through these other things later, but I wouldn't push it right now. I really wouldn't. Well, thanks for, thanks for talking to me and I look forward to meeting y'all. I look forward to meeting you, sir. Okay. Take care. All right. Our next caller is from area code seven zero three. Thank you, Kimberly. <laughs> I've took my glasses off and I couldn't tell if that was a three or an eight. Hello, area code seven Oh three. You're on the Joe beam show. Hello. Yes. Can you give us a first name, please? Yes. My name is Ruth. Hi, uh, Ruth. How can we help you this evening? Well, um, I just recently found your website and, um, I've been listening to some of the podcasts and, I've been involved in another uh, marriage recovery online program for almost a year now and um, haven't seen any progress. My uh, husband moved out in October 2012, and we were separated for some time within the home before that, so the marriage was not very well, but we kind of just went through it. And he moved out in October 2012 to his own apartment. Um, and he didn't have start the affair until the following year, but I didn't find out about it until a year ago. It's been a year that I found out that he was involved with someone else. And it's a long-distance relationship. Um, and he just recently moved to a new apartment from the other apartment he was at. I have no idea where he's moved to. 
and he just came by this evening to put some furniture here as like storage. I'm still in the home and um, I have very limited contact with him and I just want to know if you think there's any hope. <laughs> and are you best still end. I don't know what to do. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. Yes. He's filed for divorce. He filed. I received uh, the summons in August. Do you have and your own I, attorney? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, since it's already filed for divorce, these are su- the suggestions we would give you. Now, when you say, is there any hope? We don't give up hope until either A, somebody dies, or B, one of them marries somebody else. At that point, we back off and we're not involved anymore. But until one of those two things happen, and, and, you, and you sound young enough to me that I'm not afraid that you're going to be in the old folks home next week. <laughs> I, I would say, I would say that yes, there is always hope. Now, how strong is that hope? I don't know. He's been gone for a while. He's been involved with somebody else for a while. He's finally decided to divorce. The attorney that you have is, does that attorney have uh, a real backbone? I mean, is this a strong person, your attorney? Um, yes, it, it's a small firm, but I have told them that I do not want to file. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm letting him file all the divorce things because I don't want this divorce. We've been mm-hmm. married for 37 years. We have three grown children. He's already mm-hmm. introduced her to my son. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to introduce her to my daughter. And my daughter said, absolutely not. And he lit into her because of that. (laughs) And so, uh, and my youngest daughter, who was the one who found out about the whole thing and told us he has not spoken to her in over a year. He blames her. Mm, So he's already lost two of his children because of this and he doesn't care. So this is. This is what we suggest you consider then. And and the suggestion, remember, we are pro-marriage. We hope people actually work their problems out and solve their marriages. But since he's already got an attorney and you've had to get an attorney, this is what I recommend. And, and again, you have to make your own decision. So I'll make my suggestions, but you must decide what you do. My recommendation is that you tell your attorney, I don't want the divorce, but because of the fact he's pursuing this, I want you to make it as tough as as possible on him. I mean, make it as tough financially, make it as tough in every way you possibly can. Now, I'm not doing that to punish. I don't want vengeance. That's not what I'm after. I'm doing that because I want to put as many obstacles as possible in his path as he pursues this divorce, hoping that if the obstacles get big enough and bad enough, that even though that will make him mad in the short term, in the long term, maybe it will deter his actions. Maybe he'll actually slow down and think, Hey, this is just too much. I'm going to lose too much. It's going to cost me too much pain, too much money, whatever else it might be. And so we always recommend tell your attorney that you love your husband. You want to save the marriage, but because of that and not because of vengeance, but because you do love and you do want to save the marriage, be a gladiator, make it a war so that, that he sees the consequences of his actions and hopefully comes to his senses. Now, is your attorney male or female? A female. Good. That's even better. If she understands what you are needing and wanting, then get her to fight that battle. And when he gets mad, which he will, when he gets mad, just 
point him to the attorney. Hey, I'm just following the advice of my attorney. I do what my attorney tells me to do. You remain calm. You don't explain anything. You don't justify anything. You don't, you don't make answer any questions. You'd just be very calm and say, well, you know, I didn't want the divorce anyway. And what I'm doing is following my attorney's advice. So if you're upset, if you're angry, et cetera, you'd need to have your attorney talk to my attorney. And, and that way it keeps you out of the fight directly. And it gives your attorney the possibility of creating enough misery to get him to stop and think about what he's doing. Does well, that make any it, sense to you at all? It, yeah, yes, it does. I mean, I, I didn't want to file because I want the onus all on him of doing mm-hmm. everything. And he's already begged, pleaded, you know, several times in the past few months, like, why are you doing this? You know, we need to, uh, you know, talk this through. We don't want to make the lawyers rich. And I'm like, well, you know, mm. I don't want this divorce. So I know exactly. the money's an issue. But yeah. the thing is, he came over tonight to drop off some furniture here while he's moving and leave it here. I'm not sure if he's planning for the mistress to move in with him. I have a feeling that might be next. And, and happy, uh, I have you, very, you're happy to have him drop off the furniture? That's okay with you? He's paying half the mortgage. I see. So you felt like, okay, since he's paying half the mortgage, I'll let him put some stuff. Right. right. I'm still trying to show him unconditional love and that I'm not going to get mad or angry no matter what he's doing. Are you? But I I missed an opportunity to try to be friendly and talk with him. He just put the stuff in the sunroom. He had friends who I don't know who they were help him. And he said, okay, I'm done. I said, okay, bye. And that was it. And I, I didn't show him any love or anything. I, I, I had a wall up. I knew I had an emotional wall up and I thought, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Ruth, I'm, I'm losing my resolve. Yes. I don't, I don't know which program you're a part of, but the program that you are a part of, is it the one that suggests that you communicate in some way with your spouse every single day? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you keep doing that. Is it accomplishing anything good for you? I I don't know. I, I, I mean, I call, I leave a voicemail, he doesn't answer. And mm-hmm. then I didn't call on Saturday. And then he ended up like in the last day or two, he texted me about coming over. And uh, mm-hmm. he called he because I didn't respond to his text. Furniture. Right. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Kimberly's point is good. I don't know. I don't know this other program. Apparently she does, but I don't. I I don't see the wisdom in communicating with the other person the other day every day, because it, in my opinion, it makes it look like that you're weak, that you're pleading and whining and that kind of thing. What you want to do is show that you're strong. If if he chooses to come back to you, it's because he's going to see you as a strong person, not as not as other. So I'm all happy about the unconditional love and the kindness and gentleness. I'm all for that. At the same time, my opinion is you bring about as many negative consequences as possible and that you don't keep in contact with him every day. But that again is your decision. Unfortunately, Ruth, I'm I'm almost out of time and I got a whole bunch of callers left. I'm glad you've got the attorney. I recommend that you try the attorney with the idea that we suggested. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. You very welcome. Okay, uh, area code six 
678. 678, you're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe. Um, my name is Nicole. And hi, Nicole. I recently, hi, I recently signed up and I'll try and make it quick. Um, I'm newly married, a year and three months. Uh, my husband has never lived with anyone before. We have a blended family, a six-year-old. We were truly connected by God. It was amazing how everything worked. I ended up moving from Georgia to Tennessee. Today, um, today he gave me divorce papers, and hmm. I'm not signing them. <laughs> um, last week, he told me he was not happy, and he doesn't want to be married anymore. And the cause of his um, unhappiness is communication. Um, we're not on the same track with communication, and he's just not happy. This is not him. I believe just a mirror. I just believe he's not wanting to work or put in the work. So where I am now, I don't want to sign these papers. I'm not leaving. Um, I truly believe that we need, you know, that this can be resolved. But at the same time, as of today, I'm strong, you know, at the same yeah. time, I'm in a vulnerable place where I would like to call family and just ask for support. I would mm-hmm. like to go to the, um, the workshop, but it's mm-hmm. fairly expensive for us. And at this point, it's, it's what? I'm I didn't hear the last thing. You said the workshop, but what? Fairly expensive, <laughs> expensive uh-huh. for us. So, would he be willing? Would he be willing to come to the workshop if you could afford it? The way when I asked him about counseling, he said no, no, I'm good, no, I don't need any of that. And mm-hmm. it looks like he filed the pa- divorce papers on September 9th. I had no idea. It's like he sneak attacked me with divorced papers, and mm-hmm. he just gave, gave today. Now, so, are you in Middle? Are you in Middle Tennessee, or in the, are you in the general Nashville area by any chance? Middle Tennessee, yeah, Spring Hill area. Okay. Oh, the Spring Hill area. Okay, I didn't catch that, and Kimberly helped me with that. Okay, since he's served you with papers, you you do realize you need to get an attorney, right? No, I didn't know that. Well, if if you don't get an attorney, I mean, you can refuse to sign the papers, but that does not necessarily mean that this is not going to happen. If uh, I'm assuming he has an attorney, otherwise, I mean, somebody had to file the paperwork for that to occur. And, and my, it would be most logical to assume that he has an attorney that's doing that. And even if you don't want it to occur at all, you, you can't just ignore it and it goes away. Uh, you can refuse to sign, but, but they can still file papers with the court and push things through, even if you don't respond. And so it is to your advantage if you do have an attorney uh, to respond to those papers and, and you can very well tell your attorney, I, I don't want this divorce. For example, there is an attorney here in, in middle Tennessee. I'm, I'm actually not far from spring Hill myself. There is an attorney here in middle Tennessee that I know that several people have gone through, uh, gone to his name is John Schwab and John operates over in cool Springs. And I know that some people have gone to John and said, okay, I don't want the divorce. And so I, I don't want vengeance, but I need this thing to slow down. And I need my, in your case, my husband, I need my husband to realize the negative consequences of what he's doing. Would you please uh, tell me how much it would cost? And I need you to represent me. And I want to make it as difficult as possible for my husband. Not because I hate him, not because I'm trying to punish him. I'm not looking for vengeance. 
I'm looking to make him realize that if he follows this through, these are the negative consequences that are going to occur financially and every other way. Now, I, I can't recommend John on the radios. Hey, you know, I mean, he, he's not a, he's not buying advertising from us. I don't mean that. I know that I know John and I've used John Schwab myself for some other things that we've done, not divorce, of course. And I know many people who have used him for the others. I just know. Now, there are probably many other good attorneys right here in Middle Tennessee as well. I just happen to know John. It's S-C-H-W-A-L-B, and he's in Cool Springs. And as much as that's going to be distasteful to you because you don't want this to occur, I, I think that it's at least to your advantage to get an initial consultation with an attorney like John, even if you decide not to do anything else, to say, okay, what do I do? I've been served. What happens if I don't respond? What do I do next? Now, did I understand you say that you have not sought support from your family, but that you want to? Is that what I heard? Right. And why haven't you sought support from them now that you've been served with papers? Um, my assumption is he would be upset. So mm-hmm. I haven't. But if, but if, if the man's already like- filed for divorce. If he's already filed for divorce, how much more upset is he going to get? Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I don't mean to sound, he, I sound that harsh. He, I didn't mean to sound harsh when I said that. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to sound as harsh as I came across. I'm just oh, saying no, I understand. you love him. You want to work this out. But he, he is the one now that's, that's pushed this thing to the edge. And, and you need support. You need emotional support. You may even need some financial support. You need people to care. And while I really respect the fact that you didn't tell your family earlier because you didn't want to upset him, he has now pushed it into the ballpark where that if if you don't seek support from your family, you you basically sound like you're going to be alone going through this. Is that right? Mm, you're right. And I'm actually close to his family and um, they have no idea, having a clue. He doesn't express any of that to his family. And he actually gave me the papers today and it looks like he filed it on the, on September 9th. Mm -hmm. So since he gave me the papers, you're saying the process can still move forward, even though I'm not signing anything. And I'm not sure that he has money for an attorney. Uh, He he had to do something legally if he served you with papers and that in all likelihood indicated an attorney. And again, an initial visit with an attorney sometimes can be free and and if not free often can be inexpensive, the initial consultation, because you're trying to decide if you want to use this attorney and the attorney's trying to decide if if he or she wants to handle your case. And so often the initial consultation is, is not going to cost you anything. Um, I just, I just don't want you to get caught off guard and, and something comes out of left field and, and you wind up in a situation you don't want to be in. So I, my, my suggestion, again, as I tell everybody, you have to make your own decisions. I cannot tell you what to do. But my suggestion is, number one, it's time to call your family. It's time for you to get the support that you need emotionally and et cetera. I think it's wise not to call his family. I, don't, I can see lots of problems that would come from that. And the second suggestion is uh, call somebody like John Schwab and say, I need an initial consultation, even if it's only 15 minutes. Uh, Joe said I should call and talk to you because I've been served. I mean. I just need to know what I need to do here. And if I'm wrong, because I'm not an attorney, if John says, no, just ignore it, 
then if an attorney tells you that, ignore it. <laughs> I'm just not an attorney. But I've heard so many horror stories about people who didn't respond. And then when they woke up realizing they were summoned to court the next week and they had they had no way to get everything lined up with an attorney to represent them. And I'd hate for that to happen to you. I hope and pray you guys figure out how to solve this. And if we can help you, we certainly, certainly will. And, uh, and we'll find, we'll find whatever things we need to do. Who knows? You may, we, we put all the callers into a hopper at the end of the month and we choose a number and that person gets half off on the workshop. Maybe God will do that for you. If, if your husband would be okay. willing to come, I can't rig it. Okay. Unfortunately, right. you know, it has to be right. totally honest. Really, really love to help you if we possibly could. Okay. Okay. I thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Okay. Well, uh, call me back. Let me know how it goes. Okay. 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 All right. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank okay, you. and now we're going to area code. Before we move to the next call. Oh, before we move to the next before call. I'm sorry. I'm moving fine. too fast, am I? He's going through them. Well, I just want to say, Nicole sounded so strong. She did. I should have told her that. I wish you had. I was just sitting here thinking about it. I, <laughs> I, I, I should have paused long enough for you to actually get a word in edgewise, huh? Yep, that's true. So tell me, maybe, maybe Nicole's still listening, so tell me. What strength did you hear in her? Her voice is so calm mm -hmm. and it's so she didn't falter. She didn't. She was just very put together. And I, that's very that's going to play to her benefit when she tries and speaks to her spouse. Um, she just sounded very confident, strong. That's what we try to teach people to do. Uh, you're exactly right. And it sounded to me like she was already in the process of doing it the right way. Now, was that the number that we just talked to? Yeah. See, now the next number. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So the next number to talk to is area code 469. Hello, area code 469. You're on the Joe Bean Show. Hi. My name is Hi. Tamaya. How are you? Uh, having, um, I'm, having, I'm having trouble hearing you. Uh, are you on a cell phone? Yes, I am. Okay. Since you're on a cell phone, if you can talk just a little slower, because it, it makes it kind of hard to hear. Tell me the, the name again, please. Okay. My name is Soraya. Soraya? Yes. Okay. What an unusual and pretty name. How can we help you this evening? <laughs> well, my I've been married approximately seven months, and I've dated him for a year before we got married. But somehow... I recently found out he's been having an affair with two of his exes. So he hasn't spoken anything about divorce. Um, of course, I haven't said anything to him about divorce, but I just get him to see that he's ruining the family. The thing is, is whenever one of these exes needs money, stays in a hotel for a few weeks, gets them lined out, and then he comes back home. In all honesty, I'm actually kind of tired of it. I love him. But I've grown rather tired of the situation. And I just kind of want to know what I can do to try to help his mind together and, and realize you're ruining your family. You know, there's still slightly hope in this marriage before I just completely throw my hands up and walk away. Because this will well, be his third marriage and my second. I understand. But let me ask you this question. Why, why do you let him leave, be gone for a while with somebody else, and then take him back? 
Why do you repeat that? Well, one thing I really. Hello. Uncle has come back and told me. So I don't really have any proof that this is true. So I was caught myself trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but considering um, it's happened so many times, I'm to the point now where I'm just I'm about to throw my hands up and walk away. Okay. So you gave him the benefit of the doubt to begin with, but that's long since passed, and now you're convinced that he's going and doing these things. Yes. Okay. Then what we recommend is this, and as we tell everybody, you must make your own decisions, but what we recommend is this. You set a very clear boundary. The boundary would be no more involvement with anybody, no more leaving, and I don't know where you are, no more, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and if you do, then this is going to be the consequence. And the consequence might be something like, I'm going to, you have to leave the home for a month. And then after that, if you come back, the same boundary goes into effect. If you do it again, you're gone. But a boundary is something that you set. We're actually going to do a webinar tomorrow night. Um, if you uh -huh. go to our marriage helper website, I think you can find out about the webinar. But it, we're going to explain in detail how to set a boundary. And once you set a boundary, how to enforce that boundary. And so you okay. obviously, if, you, if you're convinced that he's unfaithful, you can do whatever you want to now. But if you think that there's, if there's any desire within you to salvage this, and if you believe that at heart, he's a good man, because if he's a bad man doing a bad thing, you might as well give up now. But if you believe at heart, he's a good man doing a bad thing, then the boundaries we'll talk about tomorrow night can show you what you can do to hopefully salvage this. And Kimberly's going to tell you how you can find that webinar. Are you a member of our okay. Facebook group? I am. Okay. That's going to be the easiest way to find it. So I'll do a post. I did a post today, but I'll do a post again tomorrow. It's going to post the link. It's There'll be a picture with it. Um, just be on the lookout for that, or you can go on it now and scroll through, type in my name, which is Kimberly Beam Holmes. Just see what I posted. You'll find it. It's how to set up boundaries in a hurting marriage is the title of it. And it's easy. You just uh, register. Now I am going to tell you as of a couple of hours ago, we already had a ton of people registered. So tomorrow night, tune in early. So you are sure to secure your spot because the webinar platform only holds a certain amount of people and we're going to have well over that amount registered for it. So get there okay. early. <laughs> and we'll talk about those I, boundaries I tomorrow say, night. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to say one last thing um, based on the comment that you made. Um, this very last time before he left, boundaries were set before he came back home, before I allowed him to come back home. And the agreement was, okay, I'm not going to accuse you of anything. But you don't do anything to make me feel that way. And so he's been trying to, he, the way he does things is different now. Like he's a lot more secretive. He's trying to cover his tracks a whole lot better. You know, he's just working really hard at being the secret. Mm -hmm. Don't want me to find out about it. So what, what I'm hearing you say is you still don't trust him. I don't. Mm -hmm. And to be I am honest, so sorry. Yeah. To be honest, you know, we're still, we, you know, we're still newlyweds. We hadn't even made a year quite yet, and this is what he does. And when I asked him, you know, 
why he's going to destroy this, you know, the marriage and, and ruin the family and everything. He just says that basically this time he's saying that he wants to leave because he doesn't want to live with the dog. My daughter has a dog and he doesn't want the dog there anymore. So he doesn't want me to break the boundary between me and my daughter. In other words, this is the excuse that he's using to leave the house. Mm-hmm. There's always some type of excuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it really oh. is. I'm so sorry. Um, and then it's, it's always, you know, he always does, he always do it. One of the women, one in particular, she needs help. So he's on disability. He's 52 and I'm 42. So, mm-hmm. you know, with disability, you already don't get that much. You're on a fixed income. But this one in particular young lady, his ex, requires like so much from what I'm hearing. I don't, I don't know for sure, but you know, there was yeah. a time he left, he had to get her car fixed. One time he had to move her into an apartment, pay the deposit and all this. So in my opinion, mm-hmm. if this is who you love, you're willing to in your wife and your marriage. And to me, that's really who you need to be with. Yeah. It, it's got to be you. You have to be the woman in his life and he can't put any other woman above you. Uh, my heart breaks for you. I, I hope that you make some good decisions and decide what to do, but Please don't let this man take advantage of you anymore. You sound like too good a person to to be used like this, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is true. I agree with you. Okay. Well, I certainly thank you for all of your help. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a blessed night. Same to you. God be with you. Okay. Now we're going to go on to area code 319. Hello, Eric. Well, let's see. Yeah, there it is. Area code 319. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe. Um, this Hi. is Tammy. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? <laughs> Rocking and bopping. How can we help you this Great. evening? Um, well, I, I have um, a couple questions. Um, I'm coming up. My husband and I are coming up on our 23rd uh, wedding anniversary this Saturday. Um, and he he left the home um July of last year, so he's been gone over a year. Um, minimal contact. Um, he hasn't filed yet. Um, I uh, we have three daughters um, here at home, and um, he he got um, he got an OWI in June, about the third of June, and he had been seeing uh, the girls. Um, kind of infrequently, but still seeing them. Well, he got the OWI in June, and um, the whole summer, we didn't see him. So we went all June, end of June, all of July, all of August, um, and we didn't see him until um, about uh, beginning of September. Um, so we didn't have any contact with actually, actually, it wasn't actually not, it was all of September, and it was this month, and he he wanted to um, he wanted me to um, bring the girl to a park to meet with him, and that didn't work out. But we ended up meeting in a restaurant with the girls, and we sat there for three hours, and he he looked terrible. He looked emotionally. Terrible. He looked mm-hmm. sad. He looked happy. He um, he was wearing older clothes. 
Um, but he was, and he was really quiet. But as we mm-hmm. sat there um, uh, talking and the girls talking, um, he seemed to become a little more relaxed and a little more enjoying himself um, mm-hmm. with us and mm-hmm. even joking um, and, and whatnot. Um, so um, uh, when we were leaving then, um, uh, I, we didn't make up any plans at all to see each other or to see the girls at all. Um, he was, he has not told, I've only told my oldest daughter that he has the OWI. The older two girls, younger two, do not know why um, mm-hmm. they didn't see their daddy this summer. And I think he just didn't know how to, he, he right. was on driving restrictions and couldn't come. And right. so the girls didn't know. A um, couple of questions. Um, okay. The anniversary is coming up. Do I acknowledge the anniversary? Do you want to? I do, yes, but do. I'm afraid that it might push him away because of I don't want to. He already knows. I mean, I'm still wearing my wedding ring. Um, he knows right. that I don't Can you acknowledge it in a way that he wouldn't feel pushed? I mean, like maybe just a simple little card. Nothing, nothing too romantic, obviously. Just a simple card of on this special day thinking about you. Something that that is least likely to evoke any kind of negative reaction, but at the same time letting him know that you're still there and that you still realize he's there. Because you just described a man who is depressed. That's what you just described. A man who's clinically depressed. Before he left our home, he was depressed for like two years. Mm -hmm. And he denies it. Well, he may deny it. And, and, And of course, I certainly can't diagnose just by hearing a description of what happened in a restaurant. But... It sounded like a man who is clinically depressed. My heart, my heart hurts for him, and I'm glad that he found someone to relax while he's sitting there with you. If your heart says acknowledge it, I think that's a great thing to do. But in my opinion, you should do it very, very low key. You said you had mm-hmm. a couple of questions. What's the other question? Um, should I ask him or, or tell him that that um? He should probably tell the younger girls why he hasn't seen them all summer, um, and that he's he's also moved. He moved um, like uh, to another apartment recently, which is thirty minutes away from us, um, <laughs> and in town thirty minutes away. Should he tell the children these things? Should he? In my opinion, he should. But but if you're talking, if if indeed he is clinically depressed, he may not have the have the strength to do it. So therefore, if you're going to have that conversation, here's what I suggest. And as I tell every caller, you make your own decision. I can only give you suggestions. My suggestion would be, you know, the girls love you and they really need to know why you haven't been around. I know, I know that you don't want to tell them about this for several reasons, but for the sake of the girls, would you please do this? And you do it very low key. You don't put a lot of pressure on him. And and you don't be telling him this is what you should do because this is the right thing to do. If a man, if he's clinically depressed, he can't handle any more responsibility. And so what you do is the girls need this. I know you love them. I know it to be hard, but because I know you love them so much, I know that you can do something this hard because they really need to understand what's happening. Because you love them, would you do this for them? That's how I would approach it if it were I. Okay. Okay. So, um, should I also, I mean, with the with the anniversary coming up, 
um, I'm, I'm wondering if I should just back off a little bit or I'm wondering if I should um, uh, contact him to see if he maybe wants to just get together to visit the girls, to pose it as that. Do you, um, you know, say, hey, um, would you like to meet in the park again or something to, you know, so you can visit the girls? Do I, I do think that's fine. Things. I think it's fine, I, but just, if you do it, do it low key, just very low key. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. I was just, I don't want to push him away, and he's the type of guy right. that needs space sometimes. But I, right. gosh, you know, I don't. Yeah. I'm afraid of doing anything or not doing anything, doing well, nothing. I, I think that your, I think your heart's guiding you correctly. Don't put the pressure on him. Just do it very, very low key, and if he shows any hesitation. Just change the subject and move on. Uh, don't do not do it in any way where it sounds like you just rejected him, like, oh, well, then I think I'll talk about this. But but if you if you make the offer, hey, I just thought you might want to see the girls, and, and they'd love to see you. And we can do it in a way that's very comfortable. Pause. If he says nothing, move on to a different subject. Oh, by the way, you know, our, our girl got an A on a report card the other day, and you just move on. Therefore, you're not putting any pressure on him at all. But if he's clinically depressed and if he's as miserable as, as you have described him, it may do him a world of good to be around your guests. Okay. okay. And when we were sitting in the restaurant and talking, I mean, he, he wanted to talk about with the girls, but his his mind seemed to wander a little bit. But if mm. I talked to him, he could talk mm. about himself or his work. Um, mm. And it was like he was enjoying talking about himself um, or may. enjoyed being asked about himself. Exactly. If he's clinically depressed, he he's probably needing a friend. So just at this point, be a friend. Okay. 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 You can do this. I've got confidence in you. Should I ask him? Should I ask him not to file? Should I tell him straight out? Um, could we please um, not get divorced? You, you know, you you have to do what you think is right. If I were in your shoes, I wouldn't. If it were I, I'd do just the kind of things we talked about. Just become his friend. Let him start finding strength in you and comfort in you. And then everything else will just work itself out without pressure at all. Well, I sure hope so. I hope so, too. Okay. <laughs> all right. You take care. So good to talk to you again. Okay. All right. We have uh, – no, we don't take that call. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we get callers that show up as a one 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 on the telephone number, and that may be totally legitimate. It may be totally legitimate, but the last time I did, it was an obscene phone call. And I don't know where it's coming from or who it's coming from, and I am not going to take another one that might be an obscene phone call. So while I hate the fact that we won't, I mean, you may be legitimate, but I once, once burned, twice shy kind of thing. Kimberly, what would you like to say as we wrap up our program tonight? I thought it was a great one. I want to say um, thank you guys for listening in and just reminding you to join our Facebook group. There's a lot of really great things happening in there. A lot of a lot of people, 1,800 people, um, most of them give pretty good guidance and refer to us when things get a little fishy or things start happening. So Join that. It's called Save My Marriage. You can find it on Facebook. And if you're a praying person, you can join our prayer team, marriagehelper.com slash prayer dash team. And if you have a prayer request that you would like to be included for the prayer team to pray over, 
You can send those to prayer team at marriagehelper.com. And you can also include in your prayers the Marriage Helper 911 workshop that we have happening this weekend. Yes, we have a lot of couples coming. And as always, we'll do our best to help them. Our time is up. We have enjoyed being with you. Lord willing, we'll be with you right here beginning at 9 p.m. Central on Marriage Radio next Tuesday.